0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. My name is Tsepo H. Malowa, and welcome to yet another episode of The Frozen Thoughts Diary. A tale of miracles. That's what I would like to speak to you about today. A tale of of miracles. What is it about miracles that keeps people flocking to see them? What are miracles? Why do they occur? Okay? When do they happen? Why do they happen? Are there principles to making them happen? How does one make them happen? These are some of the questions I find myself asking and seeking answers for. It is for this reason that I began this Frozen Thoughts Diary for you. Miracle, according to the dictionary, a miracle is the supernatural intervention of God, or an extraordinary and welcome event that is not applicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore attributed to a divine agency so basically in a nutshell a miracle is an intervention of god it's something that we cannot explain using science using common sense or the natural laws like moses parting the uh, parting the seas so that the israelites can pass unless you can explain that logically or scientifically then let's best admit that it is a miracle. It surpasses all understanding. Miracles are a way of God to intervene. They are a sign of love for us from God. We we all have needed or will need a miracle in the future. We have all needed some kind of intervention from God at one point or another. It may have been at the time when you got into a car accident and you just put on a seatbelt one minute before impact. It could be at that time when you didn't know how you're going to pay your fees and you didn't have no money but someone came through right at the most perfect of time. It could have been at that time when you didn't know if you are going to live or not and you were sick or ill and God just came through for you at the most perfect of times. You see, miracles are also a reminder that God is always there. God is always out there watching and waiting and preparing and testing us. We, we all will need a miracle, but who receives a miracle? Well, God is a God of miracles, but but His preference is not for us to to always be in constant need of miracles. He wants us to live in a perpetual state of blessings. There's a great difference between the two. And then I'll get into that subject just now. I first want to establish this talk based on a few miracles that fascinate me the most in the Bible. And then I want to find a common thread between all of the miracles, and we can then expand on them as we go. The first story that I want to share with you is found in the book of 2 Kings 4, verse 1 to 7. And I will just read it out loud. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me. What do you have in your house your servant has nothing there at all she said except a small jar of oil elisha said go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars don't ask for just a few then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled put it to one side she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is no, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Now this is an intervention by elisha this is an intervention by god through elisha on this woman who had a jar of olive oil now here's a widow whom whose son they are about to take because the husband passed on with debts, and now the creditors were threatening to take her sons you can tell even from the very first line that desperation of this woman who cried out to Elisha your seven my husband is dead and you know he revered the Lord now I can imagine that as she came crying to Elisha this must have been a last resort she had probably went to borrow and is probably owing more people and has has got no way of paying the debts and, and her sons are at stake this time around and when all has been said and done she runs to Elisha i love the first question that elisha asks: how can i help you tell me what do you have in the house this is a very important question that we must all always ask ourselves before we come to god or before we seek god for assistance or seek god for a miracle how can i help you because oftentimes we just complain to god We just cry out to God, saying, but then this is not the way that it should be. Saying that, oh Lord, but then I thought these things would be this way. And and yet we don't say to God how we would like for him to help us. And yet God, as far as he sees, probably everything is just on the path as it should be. We're just not reacting as we should be. So when you come to God, always be specific with what it is that you want him to assist you with. Is it a car? What kind of car is it that you want? How can I help you? So yes, basically what Elisha was saying here is, so yes, you are in debt and your husband is dead. But how can I help you? What do you have in the house? Now, the two questions are linked. In fact, they are asked simultaneously. How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? It is very important that before... You can go out to God you must first know what lies within you I'm gonna come back to this verse later on what do you have in your house before you can seek for help what have you done to help yourself before you can seek for help what have you recognized that you can use to help yourself with how can you make it easier for me to help you so this is why faith demands that you have action this is why faith demands that you have action. And now when this woman re- responded, she said, Your servant has nothing there at all except a small jar of oil. Nothing at all except a small jar of oil. So at the back of her mind, she'd always somehow knew that she had something of somewhat value, that she knew to that to an extent this this jar of oil is might be worth something but she still counted it as nothing maybe a little something and this is when Elisha's asked her to go borrow jars go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars don't ask for just a few don't ask for just a few then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons pour oil into all the jars as each is filled put it to one side Now, when you are in need, it is very important that you learn how to to borrow jars. This is go and get education your your empty jar could be that longing for that education that you seek for it could be that long it could be advice that you need to be getting it could be guidance it could be mentoring all of these things are jars it could be ideas that could help you get out of your situation it could be a registering that business that will then accommodate you to at least help you reach certain opportunities It is very important that you know what lies within your house. And then when you realize what is lacking within your house, use what is already within your house and multiply it into the jars that you would have borrowed. Now, jars are nothing but capacity. The capacity to receive the blessing that you are asking for. Have you built the capacity to receive what you have asked God to bless you with? You cannot pray to to become a doctor and you are not willing to study through it. That is you borrowing jazz. You cannot expect to get a new job and yet you're not applying for new jobs. That is you borrowing jazz. You cannot want to become a CEO of the company and you don't want to serve from the from the bottom up so that you understand how a business works. Even that work experience, that is you borrowing jazz. So she left him and shut the door behind him and his sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring and when all the jars were full she said to her sons bring me another one but he replied there is not a jar left so she had been pouring from this small jar of oil she had been pouring into these jars empty jars which she had borrowed from her neighbors and only when the last one was full did did the oil run out as well With this said, do realize that you can only receive as much as you have built the capacity to receive for. So the oil would have continued to flow, but then she didn't have any more jars. You need to always build your capacity to receive more of God's blessings in your life. Most of you listening to this are stuck in your life because you have not been building the capacity to receive more. You're still in the same place you were three years ago, emotionally, mentally, financially, intellectually, because you're not borrowing jars, and as a result, there's no oil flowing in your life. After the jars were filled, Elisha then replied, Go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left go sell the oil and pay your debts this scripture also reminds me of i think it was in romans where it says oh no man nothing except for love be indebted to no man except to owe him love so it was the first commandment that elisha gave go sell the oil and pay your debts and then you and your sons can live on what is left now going back to miracles you can see how god has uh, in in this story how god has intervened how this woman was desperate and there was a a supernatural intervention of god this is the very same thing with all of us some of you are holding on to an idea and you don't know how god is gonna intervene however you do need god to intervene for your miracle because all you have is that small jar of oil being that idea that you've been holding on to being that business opportunity or that business um, idea that you've been hoping it would start reaping fruits pray for a miracle but there are principles to miracles but i won't get into that as yet i want to get into the next story which was jesus calms the storm this is when jesus has asked his disciples to cross over with him to the other side and the other story that I also want to explore with you is the story of five loaves and two fish. And now, the, the story that I want to share with you can also be found in the book of Mark 4.35-41. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side, He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind, even the wind and the waves obey him. Now so here's Jesus, who had his who had asked his disciples to go over to the other side with him. How many times has God asked you to go to the other side? Uh, how many times has God called you to towards a certain dream, towards a certain goal, towards a certain vision? And the moment that you, you attempt to pursue it, it seems like we are met with obstacles and trials and tribulations to get there. The moment that you register for that course, it's, you start. You, you get attacked you suddenly don't have money for food. You suddenly don't know where you're going to sit and where you're going to live. And, and, and the moment that God has asked you to grow to the other side, suddenly it seems like needs arise left, right and center. In the same way that God gave Joseph an idea, a dream, a vision that you're going to become a ruler of a great kingdom. But the moment that he got that dream and told his the dream to his brothers, they sent him down a pit, they wanted to kill him and then they sold him off for a slave. That is what could happen sometimes when God has called us to the other side. I've come to learn at this point in my life that, Asking God, God God having called us or having a calling from God or a prophecy from God doesn't mean that we won't meet trials or tribulations. Being favored by God or being anointed by God doesn't mean you won't meet trials of this world. It means you won't be tested. Even Jesus Christ had to be tested first for 40 days and nights before he would perform any of, our, of the miracles that we see him because he had to be tested now let us go to the other side leaving the crowd behind they took him along just as he was in the boat there were also other boats with him a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the wave over the boat so that it was nearly swamped jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion the disciples woke him and said to him teacher don't you care if we drown now here are 12 disciples who are in the presence of God himself God personified who have already seen God perform miracles so Jesus Christ perform miracles in front of them they're with him in the same boat and they're terrified to death they're terrified to death and yet Christ is sleeping like a baby In the middle of a storm isn't it ironic that Christ could sleep so peacefully while the boat was rocking and nearly swamped it goes to tell you that it is more important that you have the peace within you always be greater than whatever is on the outside if there's peace and stillness and tranquility within your being There's no storm outside that can ever shake you or move you. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Here's a man, here are 12 men who were specially selected by Jesus himself to be in their company, to be taught and guided and protected by him. And yet, they are afraid. And that's when Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And that's when the wind died down and it was completely calm. So now you see, Jesus Christ was not moved by the storms. He was not moved by the situation on the outside. Jesus Christ was only ever moved by. What lay within him, he knew that if God had not put a stamp on it, nothing would ever happen to him. He knew that nothing would ever happen to his life without God's consent. So he kept sleeping like a baby, except his disciples didn't know this as yet or didn't know this at that time. It is important that you maintain your level of peace and quietness in your life. So, miracles will not happen if you are afraid. Miracles will not happen. Your situation will not happen if you are still, will not change if you are still full of fear. If you are still full of worry. How how am I going to eat? Or how will I ever get out of this situation? This is too much. I will never survive this. Oh God, will you ever see me through? When you are full of fear, when you are full of fear, you don't have time to think clearly. You don't have time to listen to God. And you must understand that faith, fear is the exact opposite of faith. And you can never please God without faith. So where there is fear, it means that womb does not have faith within it. So if I am fearful and just worrying and not thinking of the way to get out of it, if I am fearful and just worried and not able to picture or figure out a way forward, And I cannot even pray about it. It defeats the purpose. It defeats the purpose of all that God is trying to do for us and within us. So it is important that you be quiet and be still as you pray, as you believe, as you have faith, as you hold on to the word, as you hold on to the promise from God. And then you will see the storms in your life begin to subside and calm down why are you so afraid do you still have no faith and they were terrified and asked each other who is this even the wind and the waves obey him now another point that I want to highlight in this story is that there were other boats there were also other boats with him so you can imagine that if the disciples were that terrified how about the other ones who were following them by boat it tells you it tells you that it is very important that we remain in faith that we continue to have peace in God now one other story that I do want to share with you is the story of uh, the parable of four loaves uh, of two of uh, five loaves and, and two fish and the story can be found in the book of john 6 verse 1 to 14 and i will try and read it it says sometime after this jesus crossed to the far shore of the sea of galilee and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick then jesus went Up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples the Jewish Passover festival was near when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him he said to Philip where shall we buy bread for these people to eat he asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do Philip answered him it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Yes, a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus took after the people saw the sign jesus performed they began to say surely this is the prophet who is come into the world now the last story that i've just shared of jesus calming the storms happened right after they had came from seeing this miracle of jesus feeding the 5000 plus it says 5000 men meaning there were more people children and 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 women women and children so it could have been up to 15,000 never knows how many more were there. if you're gonna look at the fact that probably a woman had an on average one child then it could mean that we are looking at an extra 10 to 15 more thousand people that were fed by this loaves so Jesus the first question I want to I want to elaborate and you will think of the first the first miracle that I, I I narrated to you being in the book of 2 Kings 4 with the woman with a jar of oil. So Jesus also tests his disciples here. Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked this question only to test him. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. So sometimes God will test you. Sometimes God will ask you to do something, knowing that He only he can carry you through it. Sometimes God will place a very big dream within your heart, knowing that only he can carry you through it. Sometimes he will look at just the two fish and five loaves in your in your hand or just that jar of oil and say, go fill more jars with that oil and then with that f- small fish and that small uh, loaf of bread he says go feed the multitude with it, with that small idea or that small business that you had he says go build a multi billion dollar empire and go employ more people with that small with that small thing that you have in your life whatever it is that you have in your house god can use that and sometimes he will give you that big idea to test you and you will look at all the logical ways to try and, and explain how you can do it and how you can make it possible and you will not find a single way on how this could be possible. Except God always knows. See, you need to always know that when God requests something of you, he already has a plan. God will never call you to a place that he will never provide f- to you for. So there are multitudes of people, thousands on the mountainside, who had came for the word of God, who had came to, to, to bask in the presence of God and be taught by him and be healed by him. They had seen him heal the sick, and they'd seen the, they had seen the blind or see again. They had seen the cripples walk again, and and yet some were still without faith and you see that faithlessness in how philip also answered him he says it would take more than a half a year's wages to to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite and another of his disciples andrew spoke up and andrew responds in the very same way the woman with a jar of oil responded Yes, a boy with five small belly loaves and two small fish but how far will they go among so many and then jesus said have the people sit down there was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down have the people sit down it is very important that you you be rested in god it is very important that no matter the storm that you give God a chance in your life. That you have peace and tranquility in your life. He lets us lie down on green pastures. He leads us to greener pastures. He, he makes us to lie down on green pastures. He says, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. And so as these people were arrested and had sat down, hungry people who had ran out of food, or whatever the case may have been, but they needed food. And sending them away would have led them to too many villages, and they would have left. They would have missed the presence of God. They would have missed the word of God. They would have missed an imparting of God. In the same way, Martha was just concerned about food while Mary was there. Getting food for the soul from Jesus Christ himself is the same case that we are experiencing here. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish, and when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled two baskets with the pieces of the five by loaves left over by those who had eaten. See, in the same way that he, Elisha in the book of 2 Kings 4, he asked, he asked the lady after they had finished filling the jars of oil, go pay your debts and live off the rest. He doesn't want waste. So you could have said, go live off it, forget about your debt as you have money now. Or go move to another place. But then the first thing, pay off your debts. But do not waste what is remaining. It's the same case here. They were filled, but there were still leftovers. But they had to be gathered as well. The leftovers had to be gathered. So you should never waste the miracle that God does in your life. And realize, oftentimes, that the miracle is not just about you. The miracle is not just for you. It is for you and those around you. It is for you and those you love. You know, it is very imperative that we realize that while God is a god of miracle, his preference is not for us to be in constant need for miracles. He wants us to live in a constant state of blessings. See would you rather receive a miracle of healing or have a or have the blessing of health would you would you rather have the miracle of of provision or live in a constant state of financial blessings you see blessings prevent crisis and miracles they deliver us from the crisis and living we live in a generation that is so fascinated by miracles and signs of and wonders and people are flocking to churches because prophets and pastors have been given the gift of miracles and they're exploiting it and they've turned that gift into a show within the church and people are no longer growing and are no longer drawn towards god but are just fascinated by seeing all this signs and wonders and miracles and that is not how god has preferred for us to live God does not want us to live from one crisis to another or one miracle to the next. Moving from one miracle to the next is always a sign that something is wrong in our lives. In the same way that you see the miracle always occurs when things have become dire, when there's become a need for Jesus to intervene, when there's become a need for God himself to intervene, when they were about to to sell the sons in in the book of second kings four, elisha had to intervene through God and when the the multitude, the five thousand men and women and children who were also there were hungry, Jesus had to intervene when the disciples thought they were about to drown, and they called out to God, you see. Christ never came up, never woke up until he was woken up. So it is very important that you don't forget to turn to God when there is a crisis or there's a storm in your life. Instead of complaining and of complaining and crying about it, it is important that you go to Christ and speak about it. In the same way that that woman with the jar of oil had went to Elisha and crying out to Elisha, and the first question that Elisha asked is, "What do you have in your house?" Tell me, how can I help you? Christ probably did hear the disciples cry in that boat. He probably did know that the boat was rocking and that they were afraid. However, he, he valued his sleep more. And only when they came, only when they came and said, Master, do you not care that we are about to die? Did he rise up and speak, to, speak unto the waves and say, Come down, be peaceful peace be still and the waves then calm down. It is important that you invite Jesus Christ, that you invite God into your life when there's a storm. You see, God does miracles but simply knowing and believing that God can do miracles isn't enough. You must also know how to receive it. You must know how to call out for him. You must know how to pray out to him. You see, the reason why most prayers aren't getting answered is because we don't know how to receive. We don't know how to borrow jars. You see, our God is a God of systems. He's a God of order. So in a way, God is predictable because He does not change. He's the same yesterday as He is today. So by learning to tap into that state of being able to receive miracles, We make it easier for us to toil less, to not wait longer, and God does intervene. You see, God is always turned on. God is always uh, active. He's always ready for you. He's ready for you all the time. He never sleeps nor slumbers. And God can be met through faith. So it means that you can pray as much as you want, but if you don't have faith, that you will receive it then you won't receive what God is given. You see, it's important that you get ready to receive, to receive all that you are praying for. In the same way that women with the jar of oil had to go borrow jars, it's important that you build capacity to receive what God is preparing you for. Then you'll see the outpour of God's blessings into your life. See, God is always at work and God wants you he wants you to have all the blessings in this world he wants you to move to where he has asked you to be god wants to move on your behalf but you need to be aligned into his frequency you need to be connected connected to him at all times you need to be in prayer you need to be charged up inside you need to be alive you need to have the word of god within you You need to know when he speaks. You need to be able to recognize his voice. You need to have a spirit of discernment. You need to have patience. You need to believe that God can do exceedingly and abundantly. In the book of Ephesians 3 verse 20 it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him. That is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. So it is important that at all times when you're praying, you understand that the one that you're praying to can do exceedingly, way more, abundantly, above all that you can possibly ask or think of. So it is important that you realize that whatever you are asking for, whatever you're imagining, or whatever vision that is in your mind, God can do way more. God you, that it's your dream is small no matter how much you can envision. When you begin to envision it and visions are dreams from God. Dreams visions are blessings from God and dreams are also blessings from God. So when you've got that glimpse of where God is taking you, always know that it's bigger, that what He intends for you is exceedingly, it's abundant compared to what you already see because He's a God who does exceedingly, abundantly, and above all. But He can only do this according to the power that work in us. According to the power that worketh in us. So what power is at work within you right now? What power is alive within you right now? What is your spirit full of right now? Is it full of worry? Is it full of resentment? Is it full of unforgiveness? Is it full of lack of focus? Is it full of what are you, What? What powers at work within you? It is very important that you always be locate yourself. You locate your house in the same way that Elisha asked. What do you have in your house? Before you go to God and ask for help, always search yourself. Always Check what's within you. Because if there's power in you, if there's already power in you, you can stop God's intervention in your life. If the disciples already had power of faith, if they still had if they had faith, they could have calmed the storms themselves without God intervening. If that woman with a jar of oil had the sufficient faith, she would have went out and borrowed those jars herself without getting the instruction. Another you know, it is, I want to close off with the book of Acts 16, 25 to 31. But before I even get into it, I just want to elaborate that miracles happen according to the power that is at work within us. And it is always very important that we locate, that we are aware of the power that is working within us. Because God has given us the gift of free will. He has given us the gift of free will and that was, that's what makes us human because we don't succumb to our environment. He's given us that gift of wisdom to look into the future and pursue it until to the date and say that this is what will happen and it happens as it should. And because he's given us that gift of will, that gift of choice, he can never violate our free will. So he can only flow through us his miracles can flow through us his wisdom can flow through us his peace can only flow through us but only if we let him and how do we let him we let him into our lives we allow him to perform the miracles in our lives by by understanding that his work his power works if we have power in us so it says also in the Bible that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not which are which are seen were not made of things which do appear so through faith we understand that the world was formed by the word of God so that things which were not seen can now be made to appear so it means that you need to be filled with the word of God you need to be in contact with The Word of God. You need to have a relationship with God if you want to see miracles in your life. There's a reason why the miracles in the Bible always occurred via someone who had a personal relationship with God. Be it was Moses. Be it was Abraham. Be it it was Jesus. Be it it was the disciples. Be it it was Job. All the time. Be it it was David. Be it it was Samuel. All the time, the miracle was always beyond just the person. It, it always happened with the person through the person who has the closest relationship with God. You see, having intimacy with God is the same as having intimacy with the one in your life. Because a closeness with God means that you, you, are, you are able to be blessed with more. this favor upon you. this an extended amount of favor and blessings because you're so close to the source. So it's important that you remain close to the source and that you be filled with the word of God if you want to see miracles happening in your life. You must be packed with God's word to see things materialize. You see, God does not respond to need. Jesus knew that the disciples needed a bit of calm and peace when they thought they were about to die. but. Prayers are futile if they are not aligned to God's principles, if they are not supplemented with faith, if they are not supplemented with belief and action as well. Prayer is like water or fertilizer that you put onto the seed. But without planting the seed, the water becomes useless. So you can pray all you want, but if you don't have the right seeds within your heart, that prayer is Futile. It is important that you be full of love, that you be full of the word, that you be full of courage and faith at all times when you pray. Because if God was moved by our needs, all the needs in this world would be met. So if you aren't reaping what the word of God says, then you are not planting what the word of God says you should be planting. If you aren't reaping what the word of God says that you should be that, that you should be reaping, then it means that the seeds that you've been planting. And what God has said you should be planting you see the devil may fight you all you want but if you have the word of God within you if you have the weapons of God within you the full armor of God upon you you will definitely win your battle is won before you even get into the battleground you see in, in the book of Romans 8 verse 6 it says for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace Always remember that you can't harvest what you didn't plant. You can't harvest what you didn't plant. For miracles to happen, they have to transcend the physical realms. They have to bend all the physical laws. It goes to prove to you that indeed we are spiritual beings and that the spiritual being is as real as the, miracle, as the physical realm that we live in. And the only way that we can live through this is by renewing our mind, and that the, the only way we can have our lives be miracles is by renewing our lives. And and as God said it to Joshua in the book of Joshua one, eight to 4, five to eight, if I remember well, it says that meditate on this book day and night, never let it depart from your mouth, never let it depart from your mouth. And if I can't quote it word for word, word for word, but then do read that chapter. Meditate on this book day and night. Never let it depart from your mouth. It, it's in Joshua verse, chapter one, verse five to nine. I can't quote it, but then it goes to tell you that it is important that you meditate on the word, on the presence of God. That you mess yourself in the presence of God as often as you possibly can. You know. To illustrate this, I will go to the book of um, Acts 16, 25 to 31. Uh, It says, "About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and other prisoners were listening to him. Suddenly, there was there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. It all." believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your household so about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns and the other prisoners were listening to them it is very important that you realize that as you pray as you worship that your blessing the blessing that you will reap from that prayer is not just about you in the same way with that, same, with that woman with the jar of oil, the blessing wasn't just for her. In the same way with that woman who, who, with the disciples who, who, who thought they were going to drown, it was not just their boat that was shaken out of with, with, with water inside that was almost capsized. In the same way that Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns and in worship, it was not just their chains that fell off. It was every prisoner's doors that, that, that flew open and it was everyone's chains that came loose. So you need to never underestimate the power of your prayer and of your worship because God does exceedingly, abundantly and above all that we can ask. So do know that when you pray for breakthrough, your breakthrough isn't just yours alone. Your breakthrough is aligned to those around you as well. And it is important it is important that you understand that your breakthrough could be the only way that someone will get saved that your breakthrough your relationship with god could be the only thing that will prevent someone from drawing the sword and killing themselves as we have seen in the book of acts 25 to 31. the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open he drew his sword and was about to kill himself so some people will get close to killing themselves because of the breakthrough in your life but it is then that you need to go to them and show that the god that you pray to is alive and that is then that you then draw them towards jesus let the miracle in your life draw the people in your life closer to jesus believe in jesus draw more people in jesus towards jesus feel discover what is within your heart what is within your home be specific about how you would love for god to ask you, to help you be filled with the word remain in prayer and praise singing hymns to god and you will see the breakthrough in your life you will see the god's god intervening in your life and once god has intervened be full of the word that you may constantly be living in a place of blessings instead of a place of miracles you see it is important that you realize that miracles, it is, it, it's not necessarily the miracles which matter. It is the source of the miracles which matter most. So when you see miracles, do not get caught up in, 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 the, in the fleshiness of it or the wonder of it. Be concerned with the source of it because miracles are there to remind us That God is sovereign. Miracles are there to remind us that God loves us. It is a testament of love. You see, miracles are everyone's right, every believer's right, but purification is necessary. It is important that you maintain a pure heart and that you you maintain a pure mind and that even as sinners that you maintain your relationship with God upright and that you forever remain in his presence and desiring his presence because miracles are love they they happen to bear witness to to the truth to, to the they are the, 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 a testament of the relationship that one has with God and they transcend the body they they, they transcend the physical and go into the invisible uh, higher planes of reality and they, this goes to show you that indeed we are spirit and that indeed God works through us that when we worship and praise him the blessings come down you see the miracles they should liberate you from fear they should liberate you from fear and help you focus more on the things of God. Help you to focus more on spiritual things of God, because that's the things that that cannot be bound by laws of nature and physics and science. By recognizing spirit, miracles are just to the levels of of perception, and they. Everybody must then align to their proper alignment, and this is where this is where we are left wondering and asking, what is this? How does this happen? And we can just point out to God. You see, miracles should inspire gratitude. They should inspire gratitude and not awe. Yes, they are full of awe, but then they should inspire gratitude. They should make you wanna thank God for for what you are. Because God performs miracles through us. And us as children of God, we are holy. The children of God are holy. And the miracle honors that holiness. You see, even in your sin, you remain holy because you are redeemed of God. Not to say that you should pursue with the sin, but it is to say that you are holy because you are born again of God. You see, miracles will free you from fear. And fill you with love and light. So as I end this Frozen Thoughts Diary. And I hope that you remain aware that the Holy Spirit is the highest communication medium there is. The Holy Spirit is the highest communication medium that brings us into the same room as God. It brings us to a place where we operate like gods. It it, it brings us to a place where we operate outside the laws of time and nature and we all have these powers within us a tale of miracles realize that God never intended for you to live miracle to another intended for you to live in his blessings at all times and so if you constantly need of miracles you need to find, you need to search yourself and figure out where you've gone wrong. What are you lacking within your spirit? Why are you not living in blessings? Because God intended for you to live in a perpetual state of blessings mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, socially. Every single way, every aspect of your life God had intended to provide. He has, intended, he has brought the Holy Spirit into you. He has given you the Holy Spirit and sacrificed His only Son for you. So that you can live in Eden once again. So that you can live in, him, in His presence where you have constant provision once again. So He took us from outside the Garden of Eden where He had uh, sent Adam and Eve out to the wilderness in the world back into the garden with the Holy Spirit and it is my prayer that you not only learn how to tap into the frequency of miracles into your life and that you not only see breakthrough after breakthrough in your life but that your relationship with God grows to a point where you won't need a miracle with Him at all that you will be fully provided for, and that you will see His glory and His mercy upon your life like you've never seen it before. My name is Temple H. Maloa, and you've been listening to a tale of miracles, a tale of miracles, by frozen and Thought, Thoughts, Poet and Thoughts.